You're welcome to day 166 of Shaped by the Word. Uh, yesterday was a hard day as we're confronted with the sin of David, and, and we realize the darkness of sin, and we realize the darkness exists in our own heart. And thanks be to God who has, as Paul said, rescued us from this body uh, of sin. And we are deeply thankful for his grace. Uh, as Matt you know, said as we close out yesterday, it appears that uh, you know David has uh, completely hidden his sin, and of course it is. Uh, hidden from everybody except for you know Joab, who knows, who's been complicit in the sin, and of course the Lord, who knows, and so we come to uh, uh, a rebuke. The last time we've seen the prophet of Nathan, it was to bring the good news of the covenant that God had given to build a house for David. Here we see him as he confronts David with this grievous sin. Um, before we read, we always pause. And by the way, I'm Paul here with Katie and David and Matt. Uh, before we read, let's uh, offer ourselves in this moment to the Lord. Father, thank you for your, your presence and your goodness and how deeply appalled we are by the darkness of our sin. Father, we pray, you know, as David would later pray, that you would search our hearts and know our anxious thoughts and see if there's any offensive way in us and, and, and not allow our sin to come to the full-grown place where it destroys families, embarrasses, us and more than anything else father is a affront to your grace and your your glory in our life mm-hmm. as we read uh, nathan confronts david may you confront us with those things we need to hear and encourage us by your grace it's in your holy name we pray amen second samuel 12 the lord sent nathan to david when he came to him he said there were two men in a certain town one rich, the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought. He raised it, and it grew up with him and his children, shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, Surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for the lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. This is what the Lord, of, uh, uh, what the, Lord the God of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I give your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I give you all of Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I'm going to bring calamity on you. Before your eyes, I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you, and he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I'll do this thing in broad daylight before all of Israel. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, The Lord has taken away your sin. You're not going to die. But because by doing this, you have shown utter contempt for the Lord, the son born to you will die. After Nathan had gone home, the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife had borne to David, and he became ill. 
David pleaded with God for the child. He fasted and spent the nights lying on sackcloth on the ground. The elders of his household stood behind him to get him up from the ground, but he refused, and he would not eat any food with him. On the seventh day, the child died. David's attendants were afraid to tell him what, that the child was dead, for they thought while the child was still living, he wouldn't listen to us when we spoke to him. How can we now tell him that the child is dead? He may do something desperate. David noticed that his attendants were whispering among themselves, and he realized the child was dead. Is the child dead, he asked. Yes, he replied, he is dead. Then David got up from the ground. After he had washed, put on lotion, and changed his clothes, he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he went to his own house, and at his request, they served him food, and he ate. His attendants asked him, Why are you acting this way? While the child was alive, you fasted and wept, and now that the child is dead, you get up and eat. He answered, While the child was alive, I fasted and wept. I thought, Who knows? The Lord may be gracious to me and let the child live. But now that he is dead, why should I go on fasting? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him, but he will not return to me. Then David comforted his wife Bathsheba, and he went to her and he made love with her. She gave birth to a son, and they named him Solomon. The Lord loved him, and because the Lord loved him, he sent word through Nathan the prophet to name him Jedidiah. Meanwhile, Joab fought against Rabbah of the Ammonites and captured the royal citadel. Joab then sent messengers to David, saying, I fought against Rabbah and have taken its water supply. Now muster the rest of the troops and besiege the city and capture it. Otherwise, I will take the city, and it will be named after me. So David mustered the entire army and went to Rabbi and attacked and captured it. David took the crown from the king's head, and it was placed on his own head. It weighed a talent of gold. It's about 70 pounds. It weighed a talent of gold. That's not in the text. It weighed a talent of gold, and it was set, pre- uh, set with precious stones. David took a great quantity of plunder from the city and brought out the people who were, uh, who were there, consigning to labor with saws and with irons and with picks and axes, and he made them work at brick-making. David did this to all of the Ammonites' towns. Then he and his entire army returned to Jerusalem. How crazy. Um, what if we had you know, friends like Nathan who uh, you know, confronted us in our sin? And in such a, you know, such a delicate way, he's going before the king and he's going before a king who is was all-powerful, and so he tells a story that's very near David's heart. Uh, David had been a shepherd, and he had, he had held in his own arms ewe lambs and had, uh, you know, had nurtured them and helped mm-hmm. them you know, as part of the flock and had compassion mm-hmm. you know, for them, rescued them you know, from bears and lions at risk of his own life. So he tells a story about you know, this poor man who had one lamb, and it was a pet. It wasn't really even a you know, lamb for sharing or the thought of food. Another man had all of these herds and all of these flocks, and yet a traveler comes and he chooses, chooses to take the one from the one who only had one and, and to have it slain. Of course, David pronounces on that man, he needs to die. Mm-hmm. And he needs to pay this back four times. And I don't know how you do that after you're dead. After you're dead. But anyway, yeah, uh, he, he needs to die. Mm-hmm. He pronounces the truth on himself. He is indicting himself and um, saying what he, the punishment that he truly deserves. And so, really, it's only by the grace of God that he doesn't die. <laughs> and what a beautiful phrase! And David says, "I have sinned." Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, Nathan says, "The Lord has taken away your sin. You will not die." 
Mm-hmm. And of course, that that is a picture of us. And as we looked at the grievousness, you know, yesterday of David's, you know, David's sin, we we realize a blackness in our own heart. Uh, we may not have gone as far as David and and the things that we have done, but we 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 have every tendency that he has in our own heart, and we've indulged it in so many, you know, different ways. And 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 certainly, for our sin as well, uh, we we should die. But the Lord in His grace has taken away our sin right. so that we will not die. And He has done it at the precious price uh, of the Lamb who, who was sacrificed for us. He's and the firstborn. Yeah, you see some beautiful images in there. I love just how poignant this chapter is you know, in specific. Um, you know, when, when it gets to Nathan saying, you are the man, David. I mean, we've seen time and time again throughout Scripture that we tend to like to blame our sin on other people or justify it or, you know, Adam and Eve, you know, this yeah. woman gave me the fruit, the serpent mm-hmm. gave me. You know. or, or, you know, take this in contrast with Saul, yeah. who said the men, uh, the men that are with me saw the finer things and they have taken them for the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's doing the same thing that, you know, uh, Adam and Eve have done, you know, blaming each other yeah. and even blaming, you know, even blaming the Lord. And for so even sin. here yeah. when Nathan confronts David, he gives him no chance to blame any others. He, you know, why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil? And it says, you struck down Uriah the Hittite, you know, with the sword of the Ammonites. I, I love that. You know, it's like, don't don't try to say it was Joab. Don't say it was the Ammonites. You know, he just died in battle. It, it was by your hand mm-hmm. that these things occurred. And there is no one to blame, you know, but yourself to to repent. And, and, and he does. To David's credit, I have sinned against the Lord. But, uh, I mean, that's, I think in this moment we have a, a lot, we have a lot to learn from David in, in both ways, what not to do. But also, I think in this moment, what to do when we are confronted with the reality of our sin is to not just go blame or justify or, you know, whatever attempt to cover, you know, in this sense, but now to repent and to own it. Yeah. It puts uh, Psalm 51 in perspective for sure. Because that, do we know for sure that Psalm 51, yeah, it says it right here in my Bible. <laughs> a Psalm of David when the prophet Nathan came to him after David committed adultery with Bathsheba. So, we know that Psalm 51, <laughs> don't y'all Sometimes love it? Sometimes Katie comes into it. these things pretty free, freelance. I am very prepared. Um, <laughs> no, so it just puts it in into such great perspective when we read that, um, that we see the context of where, it, where it's coming from. It's coming from truly a heart of brokenness, not just like, I'm sorry for what I did. No, don't punish me, but I am broken before you. Um, and I love what he says in Psalm 51. He says, you don't delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You don't take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. So he's saying, like, I, I would give you these sacrifices, but they don't mean to you what my brokenness means to you and this heart of repentance. So um, it's just a beautiful, I, I love that we have that recorded so that we can um, we can learn from his yeah. heart of repentance too. <clears throat> Renew a steadfast spirit in me and do not take away from me yeah. y- your Holy Spirit. And of course, those, those point us to the gift that we have in the new covenant, yeah. uh, that he puts a new spirit in us and he puts, places his spirit in us. You know, as well to move us to be the people that he is, you know, he has called us to be. And so, the very things that David pleads for, and he's in danger of losing, are the gifts you know that God has given us through 
uh, our Lord Jesus Christ as part of the grace of the new covenant and how much greater uh, sin is it to take those for granted and to quench and grieve you know the Holy Spirit you know as, as you see here one of the things that I think is significant here is you know of course we've already mentioned that I mean David's immediate answer and of course he's, he's backed into a corner there's not much he can do here his immediate answer is I you know, his immediate response is, I have sinned. And, of course, Nathan's immediate response is, God has taken away your sin, mm-hmm. so you will not die. And after this this has happened, the first act, you know, that David does is he goes into the house of the Lord to worship. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, our tendency is to let the shame of our sin keep us mm-hmm. from coming back into the Lord's presence. But he is so confident of the Lord's forgiveness and the Lord's mercy that he immediately renews his relationship with him. And of course, it could have been in that worship moment that the, the seeds of that psalm started to give birth you know, in his heart and in, 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 in his mind. you got to love that movement. I mean, you know, obviously at, at Christ Church, we deeply value biblical community. And obviously we see it playing out here in, in a real way of Nathan going to David and, and speaking about a very difficult thing. Um, David's convicted. Obviously, the Lord sent Nathan, you know, so the Lord's at work in all this, and David's convicted, and but then Nathan speaks good news to him, even in light of his confession, and and good news to the point that it fosters worship, which is, you know, that it always works out like that as we do these nope. things, but it's at least showing us, man, we we can discuss these difficult matters in community. We can confess our sin in community. But also, we need to remind each other in community of, of the good news uh, of our sin uh, uh, that's been forgiven, and, and taken that away. should lead. Yeah, that should lead to worship well, if we've reflected on the good news long enough. Hopefully, I mean, not that it always works out, but I, I love just seeing that beautiful. played out here. Yeah. And the only reason it doesn't work out that way is because of the hardness of our heart right. and our reluctance, you know, to be the people you know that God has called us to be. Uh, Father, thank you. Uh, thank you for confronting us in our sin. Thank you that you, you've loved us, you've taken away our sin, and you've called us uh, in righteousness to, to worship you, and you've made a place where we can worship you. And uh, Father, we, we thank you for this hard moment in David's life because we know we will have hard moments in our life when we wander far from the truth and we need deep grace. And we need a friend to look us in the eye like Nathan did and said, you're, you're that person. Father, may we receive your word. May we respond in tenderness. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.